How do we get from here, you know, wherever here is for you, how do we get from here to where God wants us to be? I guess another question is, is that even important to you? Is it even important to you that that God might want you to get from where you are right now to where he wants you to be? Is that that even on your radar screen? What would it take in your life to get to where God wants you to be? Well, I think in large part, for all of us, and I'm convinced of this, it would take these things right here on the wall. I am convinced that participation Intense or sincere or honest participation in these things, only these things, maybe not, but these things will help you grow in your faith, guaranteed. You know why? Because they're of God. They're what God has provided for us to grow in our faith. We need to get back to the basics of life, the basics of our spiritual lives, these these practices and habits that can absolutely help us move closer to God and to get to where he wants us to be. What would our world be like? Let's just say it this way. What would Fort Wayne be like if everyone sitting here in this room right now were exactly where God wanted them to be? Think about that. That means you. No games. No tiptoeing around the edges. No dangling your feet in the shallow end and that's good enough. No, I'm not talking about that. I mean, every single one of us get to where God wants you to be. And planned for you to be. And longs for you to be. Get back to the basics. <laughs> We've already talked about the B Bible study. Your word, Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, there's reasons for people like us to get in the Word of God. It works. But not unless we are really in the Word. We talked about the A, accountability. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish admonish one another in all wisdom and with the right attitude. You see, it works best, maybe it works only, when followers of Christ are accountable to other followers of Christ. Because it ain't easy to follow Christ in our world today. We need to be accountable to someone and be willing to let someone say, hey, you know what, I I don't think that that that's the way to go. Let's talk about that as brothers and sisters. To be accountable with somebody that that you know is close to God and is Christ-like. Accountability. We talked about S last week, service. Jesus said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. In other words, when you serve each other, you're serving Jesus. Who wouldn't want to do that? 
this morning, if I can make it, we come to the letter I. It's a basic intercession. We need to get back to the basics of life, the basics of our spiritual lives. This morning, we talk again about prayer. What I mean is prayer that consistently connects with the Father and transforms our lives. Not necessarily, not only for sure, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray that I learn the hill of the tape, the mommy, daddy. Not only and for sure not, for sure not only, God is great, God is good. You know, okay, fine. But I mean prayer that connects us with God and transforms our lives. Prayer that defines and demonstrates our intimate relationship with the Father. That kind of prayer. Prayer that is as important to us as it is to God. How about that? See, God said, if my people, who are called by my name, would humble, them, humble themselves and just pray, then watch what I do. See, it's prayer that is, is as important to me as it is to God. That's the kind of prayer I'm talking about this morning. Intercession. If our camping scene was still here, last week they stole my coat. This week I'm dying. I'm not surviving. All my survival things are gone. But if it was here, I would say prayer is the tent. Because it's where we should live. We should surround ourselves with prayer. In the Apostle Paul's first letter to the church at Thessalonica in the New Testament, he finishes this powerful letter with an ending section in chapter 5 that in my Bible identifies it as final instructions. It's Paul writing to his brothers and sisters in the church at Thessalonica, giving them, at the end of the letter, final instructions. I don't know about you, but, but when someone gives me final instructions, my ears perk up. Unless, of course, it's my wife. Not true. Just kidding. But when somebody says something like, oh, by the way, before you leave, I got this to tell you. I'm going to pay attention. It sounds important. I saw one of the coaches of one of the, the Olympic figure, figure skaters right before she went onto the ice. He, he's right in her face. He holds her head in his hands and looks at her and he's talking to her. He's probably saying, now don't forget to elevate that triple axle. Focus. You can do this. Go get him. And then she goes off and skates really well. He was giving her final instructions. Oh, it's not that she hadn't heard it all before. She hadn't done everything that needed to be done up to that point. What was the point of that final word? Well, it was just the final remembrance. Just remember this. Don't forget. After all that, remember. Final instructions. According to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gave final instructions. According to Matthew, gave final instructions to his disciples. And the final instructions in the book of of Matthew were, go make disciples. The Great Commission. Making 
Christ-like disciples in the nations. In other words, it's important stuff. It's, it's somebody saying, listen up, then follow through. Paul's final instructions in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, these instructions are filled with transforming instructions for people like us. People who long to know him and grow in their faith. Those kinds of folks. People who want to live as more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, I don't want to just slip by. I want victory in Jesus. I don't want to just limp across the finish line. I want to sprint and break the tape and have the crowd of witnesses roar. Don't you? Final instructions. Listen up, then follow through. In verse In verse 12 of chapter 5 to the end of the letter, which is verse 28, these verses are filled with transforming instructions for your life and mine. And I would strongly encourage you that sometime today that you get alone by yourself and read 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 24 at least. 12 to 24. Final instructions. Good stuff that would help us get from here to where God longs for us to be. But for our purposes this morning, I just have one short, little, simple verse for us. Right smack dab in the middle of that section. And it simply says this. It's verse 17. simply says this. Pray continually. Final instructions. Hey, listen up and then follow through. Final instructions. Or pray without ceasing. Now, Paul doesn't stop there. He says at the end of verse 18, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's go back a little bit, verse 16, just to read the little flow here. Verse 16, it says this, be joyful always. Verse 17, pray continually. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Jesus. You see, this intercession business, this praying stuff, it's basic. And it is God's will for you and me in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, this is important. Listen up, then follow through. It's where we live in the tent. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. We need to get back to the basics of life. The basics of our spiritual lives in an attempt by God's grace to get from here to there, wherever that is, to wherever God wants us to be. Don't you want that in your life? Now, Pastor Chuck, I thought you said intercession. Now you're talking about prayer. So what's the deal? Well, first of all, there was no P in basic. I'm just trying to be honest. But secondly, intercession is prayer. And it is a very important type of prayer. Unfortunately, a type of praying that is woefully lacking in the church today. Woefully lacking in our families today. Woefully lacking at a time when we need it most. Intercession. Intercession simply means praying to God On behalf of another person, praying to God 
on behalf of another person. It's selfless praying. You know, but there's a whole lot more to it than what those words seem to say. Here's another definition that maybe gets a little closer. Intercession. It's to pray on behalf of someone in difficulty or in trouble as by pleading or petition. It is, it is pleading. It is, it is agonizing in prayer on behalf of someone else or something else. This is agonizing, putting yourself on the line for someone else praying. This is what we need in the church today. Somebody say amen. This is what we need. People willing to pay the price on their knees for someone else, on behalf of someone else or something. What do you mean something? How about this? Father, fill this place. When your people gather Would you fill this place with your spirit? Lord, may we sense an outpouring of the spirit of Pentecostal like the day of Pentecost. May we hear the the great rushing wind. Perhaps that's something we should pray. Fill this place, Lord, with your spirit. I'd like to be part of that, wouldn't you? People willing to pay the price on their knees for someone else or something else. There are two unbelievable examples of intercessory prayer in the Bible. I'd just like to mention real quickly. One in the Old Testament, one in the New. The first one, the first example of intercessory prayer in the Old Testament that that I like to mention is is found in Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Here in this chapter, Moses has been on the the Mount Sinai with God, receiving the law. He's been up there a long time. He's been up there many days. Now the people saw him go up, they haven't heard from him for days. For all they knew, he was dead. So they decided to move on. So they decided to make a golden calf and worship that calf instead of God. So they made their calf and they put it in the middle of the camp and they danced around it and did all these festivals and all this. Well, it made God really mad. And God said to Moses, he said, Moses, you know, these these rebellious, stiff-necked people, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy them all. And I'm going to start my promise all over again with you. The promise I gave to Abraham that his descendants would be like the sands of the sea. Moses, I'm going to transfer that promise to you and we're going to start over. Listen to what Moses prays to God. For these stiff-necked, rebellious people in verses 31 and 32. Interceding for his people. Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. If you can't forgive this sin, Father, put it on me. Blame me. Punish me. Blot my name out of the book on behalf of these people. Save the people 
Put it all on me, brothers and sisters. That's intercessory prayer. Putting yourself on the line praying for others. The second unbelievable example in Scripture is found in Luke chapter 22. And it's simply a picture of Jesus kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had just left the upper room. He and his disciples walked across the valley. Now they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. Just before he was arrested, tried, and crucified, here he is praying. He says to the Father, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Or if there's another way, Lord, I'd like to do that. But then again, not my will, but yours be done. (coughs) Excuse me. Jesus was carrying the weight of the sins of the world on his shoulders. Yours and mine and everyone else's. Excuse me. He'd been praying for us. As recorded in John chapter 17, this great prayer that Jesus prayed for people, even us. Jesus had this burden on him. Listen to verse 44 of chapter 22. And being in anguish, Jesus prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. His sweat was like drops of blood. That, brothers and sisters, is anguish for others. Sweating drops of blood. We need to get back to the basics of life, the basics of our spiritual life. Now, wait a minute, Pastor John. Are you saying that's what I need to do? Blot my name out of the book? Pray and sweat drops of blood? Give me a break. Are you kidding me? I'll give you this much. Moses was probably, arguably, one of the men on earth that knew God the most. And Jesus, well, son of God. Okay, they're big guys. They're some of the saints, the big, the big ones. And you're saying, Pastor Chuck, we're supposed to be doing that kind of stuff? <clears throat> I don't know. All I can tell you is this week when I tried to write thoughts down on paper, I kept tearing up. I didn't know what was going to happen today. I don't know what I was going to say actually today. Because there, there, there's something that needs to be said about intercession, and I'm not sure I'm capable of saying it today. I guess all I'm saying is that every one of us, every single one of us in this room today, even you young ones, need to go to the next level in our prayer life. Whatever that level is for you, you need to ask God or allow God to redefine your prayer life. Prayer and intercession, which is selfless praying, must be more about who we are as followers of Christ, as people in this body of Christ. Pretty much only you know the answer to this. How much is prayer part of your life? Listen, it it works. It's, It's a basic. It's where we live. It's who we are. 
Let me give you an example of what I'm trying to say today. Prayer, the way that God intends it to be in your life and mine, ought to change us. Here's an example. I've been here about five years now. I know, it's hard for me to believe too. And, And I think there's just, it just seems to me, That there's far too many of us that have an edge on us. I'm talking about this body of Christ. Seems to me, for what it's worth, that there's far too many of us that are quick to criticize, quick to, to cut each other, and slow, oh, so slow to encourage if at all. And yet, many of those people that I've just talked about are known prayers. I mean, you would say, oh yeah, they're, they're prayer warrior. To me, in my simple mind, that doesn't add up. Here's my point. Listen to what Oswald Chambers says. This is crucial. Oswald Chambers said this, God doesn't allow us to see others' weaknesses or faults to criticize them, but rather so that we can intercede for them. You see, the the, the bottom line is none of us are perfect. None of us get it right ever, 100% of the time. And in the body of Christ, when I mess up, you pray for me. When you mess up, the first inclination for me is to pray for you. Not tear you down. You don't need that. And neither do we. What would our church be like if everybody sitting here, their first inclination when somebody messed up or when somebody did something or didn't do something that, that, that you didn't like, what would, what would it be like if our first inclination right out of the chute would be praying for them? interceding for them, then people might say, look how they love one another. You see, this church, no church, let's talk about this church, this church will never be what God intends it to be until all of us can figure out what it means to intercede for each other. Until all of us can understand that we need to pray for each other and build each other up and encourage each other. Now we're talking. Perhaps we should practice. I don't even know how to end this. Perhaps we should practice. Let me intercede for this section right here. Just work with me here. You getting nervous yet, young folks? Good. Let me just pray for you. This, This is, you know, I can imagine there's somebody here today. There's somebody here today that struggles at school. Not too many Christians in most schools where you go. 
It's hard. People want to drag you down. It's difficult to go away on your own. And so what do you do? Tempted to give up. You know what I want to pray for you? I want to pray that God would help you be the influencers. That God would so empower you and fill you that you would lead these non-Christian friends to Christ. Okay, let's pray together. Father, I want to intercede on behalf of these young people. Believe it or not, we've all been there. We all know how difficult it is. So, Lord, maybe there's one here today that is struggling to keep his or her faith. Maybe there's one here today that's struggling to figure out, God, what's it all about? So, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would surround these young ones. Perhaps especially that one who's here today really struggling. Lord, would you wrap your arms around that one? Would you hold that one close? And Lord, if it means using me to help that one, I want to put myself on the line for that person. Lord, my heart breaks for these young people. So Lord, oh God, I agonize for them. I've never sweat drops of blood, but if that's what it takes, I want to go there, Lord. Lord, I want to intercede for these young people so that we won't lose one. Father, I want to pray for my brother Mark that's here. He's had a tough week. I want to intercede for this brother. Lord, would you touch him physically today? Father, would you help him to sense your presence right now? In a way, Lord, that he could point to it and say, that's when God touched me. Right now, Lord, would you put your hand upon this brother? Would you lift him up? Would you encourage his heart? Would you open doors for him, Lord, that he's needed for months to be opened? Lord, I agonize for my brother Mark. Father, perhaps there's someone here whose marriage is rough, breaking, maybe even broken. God, instead of judging them, I pray for them. God, our families are hurting. It's next to impossible these days with all the pressures and the stress. So, Lord, here's what I pray. The marriages that are struggling now, I pray that you would help the spouses this week 
to spend the whole week praying on behalf of the other spouse. Lord, just praying, not at them, but for them. Lord, would you help my spouse have a good day today? Lord, would you help my spouse sense your presence today? Lord, would you draw my spouse close to you today? Lord, would you help my attitude today? Lord, would you break the addiction of my spouse today? Lord, help us to intercede for each other. And Father, maybe there's someone here today who has a son or a daughter that is away from you. And it breaks their heart. Oh God, save their boy. Save their girl. Bring them back to you, Father. God, can you help us get to the place where we totally lean on prayer and you? Father, perhaps there's some people in this room right now. Right now, there's people in this room that can't stand someone else in this room. Maybe there's someone in this room, young, old, that has written someone else off. I don't want to be around them. I don't care about them. I'm not going to treat them right. I'm going to get in their face if I have to. No, Lord, if that's true... If that's true for you, brother or sister, that there's someone here that you just can't stand, would you do me a favor this week? Would you pray for that person just for one week? Would you pray for that person and ask God's blessing and touch on their life? Oh God, help us to be interceders. Help us to be interceders. Lord, there's many other people in our church family that need a touch from you. Jillian, where's Jillian today? Jillian, come and kneel here. Jillian, we're going to pray for Jillian. She represents some of our young people that are going on mission trips this summer. They need our support. Financially, yes, but also in prayer. So maybe there's a few that would like to come and pray for Jillian. There's also people that are sick today. Would you join me this morning in praying and interceding on behalf of Diane Hunt? Just now, right now, would you just say a prayer for Diane Hunt? God. Yes, Lord, heal our sister. Perhaps some of you would would just take a moment and pray for our brother Al Meyer. He needs a touch from the Lord. And, and Lois needs encouragement. Would you take a moment and pray for these precious ones? Yes. Yes, Lord. Think of Jim Norris today that needs a physical touch. Norm Munt, Meredith Knott. 
Would you just take a moment and pray for these people? Just lift their names to the Father. Would you take a moment and pray for Olivia Gilbertson, this tiny baby that's struggling, and her mom, Shannon. Just take a moment and pray for these precious ones. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I think Libby Lawson and Carol Massey need a touch from the Lord and others. Let's lift them to the Father. I pray, Lord, for Dan Fitch's family. There's a desperate need of a touch from you in many areas. Would you help them today, Lord? Lord, there's these yellow cards that we wrote names on of people we're praying for and interceding for that they would come to know you. Lord, we lift these names to you today. Would you take a moment and pray for that name you wrote on your yellow card? Yes, Lord, save these people. Father, help us to be a loving family. Help us to love each other like you love us. Help us to encourage each other and intercede for each other. Lord, we pray for our country. We ask, Lord, that revival would break out in our land. We pray for our military personnel. We ask, Lord, that you would comfort them, protect them, and bring them home safely. Lord, we just take a moment and we've prayed for these men and women from the military so many Sundays. Would you take a moment and just pick a name and pray for them for a moment? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, for our missionaries. We lift them to you, the Wades and the Riggins and the Walkers. Encourage them today, Lord. Work powerfully in them and through them. Father, we long to be the people that you want us to be. Help us to get back to the things that will help us make that a reality in our lives and in our church. Lord, today we are grateful for your presence. I am grateful for my brothers and sisters who are faithful to you and want you to lead them in their lives. So Lord, help us to listen up then follow through. In the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.